I'm R.A. Schwartz, along with my co-hosts, Rachel Galligan and Pat Ralph. Welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W, using X's and O's, along with key stats to bring honest and critical analysis. We're talking championships. We're talking Seattle Storm sweeping it. The broom is out. Goodbye, Washington. Uh, Pat, immediate reactions, thoughts. Let's go. Pat, well, go the ahead. storm. What were you saying, Rachel? I was going to say, you go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think the first immediate take is that, like, Seattle was the best and most consistent team all year. I mean, we talked about it all year. We were wondering who could challenge them or are they really a championship team or, like, are they actually going to do it? And we kept wondering, like, is this team going to challenge or this kid team I could be in the finals or this team could be the best matchup? Well, I mean, it ended up being that Seattle was the team from start to finish, just had their foot on the pedal and it was theirs. And they, everything just clicked for them. They caught lightning in a bottle um, and they just had an incredible year. And we saw it here in these finals, why they were the best team in the league this year. So it really should be no surprise and kudos to them and just really an incredible season. And just really what they did was just remarkable. And I think this is a team that, we can talk more about as we'll get into is they're set up to be around for a while and contend for a long time. Yeah. I, I I'm with you. I agree. I think Seattle from top to bottom from the beginning of the season, I mean, they're, they've been dominant, but you know, look at, look at the players they've got on this team. They've kind of just been like this ticking time bomb waiting to go off. You, we obviously knew Brianna Stewart was something special. Um, she, she's been something special for a very long time now, even at a young 24 that she is, she's, she's the best player in the league right now. Um, and then, you know, you combine that with the likes of, of Jewel Lloyd and, you know, we can go down the, the entire, you know, uh, Clark and just, just how consistent and steady and tough she's been Natasha Howard. I mean, we, how about her performance last night? It was incredible. Um, right. and then, and then you're looking at just your, your, your anchor, your heart and soul of this team and, one of the greatest point guards of all time in Sue Bird. So the the pieces are here. They've been here for a little bit of time now. Um, and then you bring in Dan Hughes, who, who really, from the moment he got that job, sat down and analyzed this team. He was talking about how he just watched thousands of hours of film, hundreds of thousands of hours on film <laughs> before <laughs> camp and, and was just studying this team and how could he pull out the best of all of these superstars all at one time. And that is not an easy task to achieve. I mean, Seattle had these superstars on this team last year and, and struggled. And so, um, Lightning in a bottle. I, I like that um, phrase, but at the same time, this this very well could be the start of a dynasty because they've got the pieces in place, they've got the leadership there. Um, and anytime you've got Sue Bird leading on that capacity with with that level of talent surrounding her, um, they they were the best team in the league this year. And and one one interesting thing, you know, throughout the course of this season we we, we we covered all these teams and, and we talked about different teams that had lulls or different teams that got on hot streaks um and, and every team kind of hitting a point in the season where they really hit like a slump that's one thing that seattle never really truly did was slump that's a great point rachel at, that's such a good point at least from a point of like l wins and losses did you guys really yeah that they only lost two consecutive games in a row they didn't lose two in a wow. row until the until the playoffs against Phoenix. That was the first time wow. two in a row. So wow. we're talking wow. about just consistent um, poise and, and constant winning. And I mean, they were dominant. And I think we all probably knew that, especially watching it. But um, I, guess, I guess for me, I, I kind of sat back this year and was wondering, man, is this team going to kind of hit a rough spot? And they never did. 
Well, and, and even, I mean, look, I, I'm all for, like, the comparisons, and so I don't want to overshadow anything that Seattle did with comparing them to the Lynx dynasty um, in the early stages of that, but I, I think we should be comparing it to WNBA teams. And so, like, if you look at the way the Lynx played in those seven years, it was just those games where, and, and I think I saw it a lot in the finals, where anytime D.C. got close, they would kind of, you know, push him away. And keep them at bay, um, kind of like the the older sibling pushing the the younger kid away with his hand, and the younger kid swinging and wants to get a hit in, but just can't. And and that's what they did consistently in these past two games. The first game was just domination. The second game there was moments where Seattle kind of pushed them at bay. This third game they showed me that championship mindset, that next level focus uh, that really takes you to it. But before we get too deep into Seattle. I do want to talk a little bit of the elephant in the room. The Washington Mystics, in my opinion, underperforming uh, by getting swept in the finals. Is is that a bold statement? Or, like, I understand Seattle was amazing, but, Rachel, do you believe that it's it's bold of me to claim that I think they underperformed not getting a victory in this finals? Uh, I would agree with that. I, you know, I think I think – Washington is a very talented team. This is a team that's got a super superstar on it, obviously from Elena Deladon, and um, they've got some key pieces on that team that have shown they've shown you know themselves to play at such a high level at different points this year, and um, even the dom- their dominant performance against Seattle, you know, beating them, you know, it was probably like twenty or whatever it ended up being, but. Um, I am a little bit surprised of the sweep, um, and I I'm going to pose this question to you. I mean, how much? Does Elena Deladon's knee or knee injury affect the outcome of kind of how these finals went out? How do you guys feel about that? Um, um, I mean, go ahead, Ari. No, no, no. Go first, Pat. Um, I feel like I think they at least get a game. I mean, I think we go to four. Um, I think she has that much of an impact. I think they at least get a game. I'm sure there's some people out there that are going to say this series goes five, and there's even more people that are going to say that Washington could even win the series. I think. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't even go as far to say five. But I think if she was – I think you'd at least get – they would have won at least one game and they could have forced this to four games. Um, but I still think – I mean, it's like both of you guys said. I mean, Washington was a good team this year, but Seattle was just on another – whole nother level, uh, as you outlined really well, Rachel, in that, um, in that explanation you did a few minutes ago. And so, Aria, you go ahead now. What do you think? Well, I, I think it's an interesting question that it, it, it depends how you look at it. it do I think 100%, Elena Deladon at 100%, does this series go differently? I say it depends. If Deladon gets injured uh, and then gets back to 100%, I think the same thing happens. I think they get swept. If she doesn't get injured in that in the semifinals, then I think they can pull it off. And I think maybe we go five, maybe we go four. I think Seattle still probably wins it. Uh, and maybe I'll go back to my original prediction. But my thought uh, really specifically to that is something I saw Pokey Chapman do a live video on, and she really hit it on the head, in my opinion. Um, when earlier in the season, Deladon had some illnesses and missed some games, the whole team around her stepped up to fill that hole, to fill that gap. Yeah. When she got hurt in the playoffs this year, the team looked frazzled, almost like, yeah, during the regular season, it's normal basketball. Okay, we know how to handle this. But in the, in, in the playoffs, in the postseason, no, we need our vet. We need our MVP to be there to guide us. And not to be a jerk, but just to be quite frankly, like Chrissy Tolliver was not on that level throughout. 
the playoffs. I mean, yeah, she had some some good games in the playoffs, but like you're looking at crunch time. I mean, I lost count of how many times she got scared and just panicked uh, when in in the early court trap. I mean, she'd get across half court and just the trap, and she. I, I mean, I, I don't want to. Your thoughts, Rachel? I mean, how, what what did you see when she when that trap happened? Well, the trap caused some issues, um, but you got to anticipate that that's coming. So, and it's not like Washington was necessarily like throwing the ball all over the place. They actually, for the most part, if you just looked at the box score, did a fairly good job of taking care of the basketball. Um, it was just those turnovers, especially the ones that, and there were a few that just kind of stick out in my mind. Um, one from from game three where Tolliver just comes across half court and like throws a lazy pass to the wing and Sammy Whitcomb just just snags it and like takes off the other way I mean it was things like that that you know and then there was another one Deladon got trapped and she she was really frazzled and and people they weren't really cutting and she ended up turning it away those turnovers were were converted to easy baskets for Seattle and those are gut-wrenching um mistakes those things are hard to defend and those are momentum swings and in a finals situation you, you can't make those mistakes or you've got to eliminate those as much as possible so the the turnovers that Washington did have were critical um, they weren't just like oh let, let me try and throw a high low the ball is flying out of bounds and we're setting up our defense they, they were turnovers that really led to transition points and that's what really hurt them and especially in in game two we talked about it before that fourth quarter those four or five turnovers just in the fourth quarter that just killed them. Um, you eliminate one, even one or one of those, and it's a different outcome in this game. So, um, or potentially. So, just not necessarily the number of turnovers. It was the type of turnovers that were happening, and a lot of them did come out of that trap. Pat, I want to ask you something real quick. Yeah. I'm looking at the box scores, and I, I was at the game. And you're looking at the box scores, and they reflect a completely different story. To me, the first half, uh, this was a battle, a chess game. The teams really, you know, jockeying it out. Seattle kind of just looked calm, cool, and collective, while Washington kind of looked reactive. Um, but looking at the box scores, I mean, D.C. won the second half by one point. So my thoughts are to you. Talk to me about that. Uh, and, and, I mean, it mm-hmm. – I, I mean, talk to me about that. I mean, I feel like the second half they looked worse. Yeah, I mean, I think Seattle at that point. I mean, you think about it, they were up already. If I'm doing my math correctly, that's a four. That's a 17 point lead already um, at halftime. So yeah, they won the half by one. But at that point, going into the second half, I mean, I think everyone kind of knew that unless the Mystics really turned it on, the the game was kind of over. I mean, I think everyone kind of knew even at halftime, like. I don't, I don't think anyone they're getting back in this. And, I mean, I know they made that nice run at the beginning and midway through the fourth quarter, but then Seattle just shut the door there um, at the end but uh, and broke that game again wide open. But I think just – I think what it was is Seattle, like you said, they just – they come out and they they remind me again, they remind me so much of the Warriors in the NBA where they just can come out and they can just blitz you offensively. And they can just um, – you know, go for these explosions where the game is like within a couple points, like two or three points, you turn around, you go away from your TV and all of a sudden it's a 15 point game and the game's out of reach. And I think that's what Seattle does is just like, because they can get hot and they can make shots. And what they're able to do is they just, they came out, like you said, you described it really well. It was like, they came out with energy. They came out with the, the mindset that this is a business trip. 
We're here to finish this off in one game tonight, and we have a flight from D.C. to Seattle tonight, and we have a trophy coming with us. And that was their attitude. And D.C. came out like they're the ones there. They should come out with the urgency. Their backs are against the wall. They're trying to stay alive. They want to play well in front of the home crowd, even though it was a different arena. Um, but they didn't seem to come out with that. And I didn't like they, they seemed flat the whole night, um, or at least for most of the night. I thought, as you said, the energy, they didn't seem as engaged as Seattle did. And I think it's just like, yeah, they, they may have outscored Seattle in the second half, but Seattle had already set the tone in that first half that the mountain seemed, the climbing the mountaintop was already going to be just too difficult. And just they had already kind of, in a sense, unofficially kind of put that game away. Let, let, Rachel, let me add to that. It, it's Washington had runs in the second half. Um, they, they, they were able to really, I think it was in the third quarter. What'd they do? They cut it to maybe six, eight or six. I think it got to six. One it way. did. I think it did get to six. And they honestly, they, 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 it was nothing against Washington, but it was all to Seattle's credit. Washington's making these runs and they were able to get some baskets to fall. They were getting into the rim. They got to the free throw line. So like you, you kind of had a sense of like, oh man, this thing might, they, they might be able to crawl into this thing. But then what does Seattle do? And and they are one of the, if not the best team in the league in terms of handling another team's run. They stay as poised as I have ever seen a team um, in terms of just being able to take a hit. Like, all right, Washington's on an 8-0 run. All right, we're going to get into Stewie. She's going to get an and one and get to the free throw line. Boom, end of run. Momentum is done. Crowd is quiet. Um, there, there were countless times in that game, in that second half, and really through the series, where Seattle just handled the, their opponents' runs consistently, and that is extremely difficult to do. And and just watching that through this these entire playoffs was incredible to see from them. And again, that speaks to the leadership of Sue Bird. Uh, that speaks to kind of the mentality of the, the team and the toughness around. Um, and it also speaks to Brianna Stewart and just the clutchness that she brings to the floor night in and night. I, I completely agree with you. I, I do want to touch on, on one more topic when it comes to the Mystics, and then we can move on to a little bit more of uh, the championship talk, if you will. Sure. So, so a couple names I want to throw at you guys, and I want, and I want, um, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down their performance uh, this finals. Maisha Hines Allen, Pat, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. She was really good. She gave him a nice spark plug off the bench. I mean. One of the things with, with Washington in this series where they actually played better than Seattle was off the bench. I mean, they actually got more scoring and production off the bench. That's half the reason why they were still in that game last night. I mean, half the reason they were still around was because of what their bench was doing then and keeping them in the game and that Seattle wasn't getting a lot from its reserves um, until really that fourth quarter where, you know, Sammy Whitcomb woke up and they really – that kind of pushed them over the line. But, I mean um, – it's just, I mean, that for me, I mean, you know, Heinz Allen gave them a nice spark off the bench, and that was one thing that really impressed me with DC in this series. So thumbs up. Uh, throwing this over to Rachel. Aerial Powers, uh, not semifinals area powers, finals aerial powers. Aerial Powers, I unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to give her a thumbs down just, just from a struggling to make shots perspective. Um you know, finishing one for one for four and both games one and three. Uh, she ended up going two for four in game two, but um, I'll give her a thumbs down. All right. Now a tricky one. 
This one, I'm going to throw it a pad. Yeah, I'm going to throw it okay. a pad. Ariel Atkins. I got to say overall, thumbs up. That's a no-brainer. Um, I think it's thumbs up, yeah. <laughs> I got to say thumbs up. Um, I mean, in those first two games, she averaged, I think, 19 points per game in the first two games in Seattle. I mean, she was the one bright spot in in the offense, you know? And um, she was really the the one spot that I said, hey, like she's been playing really well and carrying the load and really doing her part. Now, she was really quiet in game three, which I just was shocked by given how well she had played. Um, only nine points on two of six shooting. But really in games one and two, she was really good and stuff. And I'm encouraged by her. I think she's really been this year. We've talked about this before on the pod that I think behind Asia Wilson, I think she's really established herself as the second best rookie in this class. Um, and I think that was a great pick by Washington that she has really established herself as a really go-to scorer and a, a, just a nice player um, in their starting lineup who is going to be part of building this team going forward. Something I want to throw out there in her first two games of the series, zero turnovers, zero. Also, first two games, she was attempting 14 and 15 shots. Cut that in more than half in game three. She was two for six. Um Two for four from three-pointers. So she was the one of the players who was actually making three-pointers in that game. So, I, I mean, to me, it, that was kind of a head-scratcher. And and I've said this, uh, you know, off-air, and I'll even say it on-air. There was many points where, where I kind of thought to myself, okay, why is it that Ariel Atkins isn't getting more touches? It kind of seemed at a point they were forcing the ball to Deladon, which was kind of the argument last game. You know, why isn't Deladon getting the ball that much? They were forcing the ball to her. And now... You know, Atkins, who was playing so well in those first two games, didn't look like she was getting the opportunities uh, like we saw in in the other games. So moving on to uh, one last player, Rachel, I want to ask you about. TRP, Tara Ruffin-Pratt. Rachel, your thoughts, thumbs up or thumbs down? You, I'll even give you a thumbs in the middle if, if you want it. I don't, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the thumbs in the middle option. Um, you know, just honestly, I think, I think her best game was, was game three in terms of just obviously sheer production. You know, she finishes three for six from the field and, um, knocks down a couple threes that, that were big. So she, she did come up with some, some big time shots, um, and some points, but in terms of anything that probably needed a little more from her, you know, at times, um, or, or, and that, that's kind of the big thing with Washington, who was going to step up. Because between Tolliver, Deladon, Adkins, and at the same time, Adkins, like, that's kind of a bonus in my mind. Like, like she did what she did. That's an added bonus as, as a rookie, being able to come in here and play at that high of a, a high of a level. There needed to be someone else in there that just really brought, like, that next level energy. Or they, they elevated that their game to the next level. Whether that's Natasha Cloud or TRP. I mean, like, whatever it is, somebody needed to really kind of be playing at their best in this series to, to give Washington the edge. And I do feel like that next tier under those top kind of that, that core group of players um, struggled for whatever reason. I, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I think she showed some, some, some lights. Um, I mean, I'll be quite frank. I'm a huge fan of Tasha cloud. I love what she's doing. She struggled this finals. Um, and when she struggled, they tried to supplement her with TRP. And at times it worked, at times it didn't. She TRP doesn't have that offensive explosion and the kind of the way that Cloud kind of exudes to her teammates. 
Um, and so that really, in my mind, caused a lot of issues for the Mystics throughout the game. Also, Sanders just wasn't able uh, to get going, especially in this game. I want to flip it to the other side, though. We've talked a lot about Brianna Stewart. We've talked a lot about Sue Bird. Rachel, real quick, breakdown for me, uh, Clark's performance in these finals. Yeah, Coach Hughes, who, who really, I think he described her as kind of one, one of the unsung heroes here that kind of goes under the radar, which is easy to do when, when you've got a team full of uh, talent and stars like the Storm do. But Clark is just kind of that that steady cog that, 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 that Seattle team needs. And, and he, he really referenced, referenced her as being kind of the uh, kind of, she epitomizes Seattle basketball um, with her toughness, the hustle plays, the consistency, um, you know, kind of, kind of the tenaciousness she, she does, you know, when the shot goes up, she's, she's crashing the boards, you know, she's relentless um, on both, all both under the floor on the glass. And she comes up with those big plays and, and she's consistent with it. Um, she is, I agree. A very much an unsung hero of the Seattle Storm who just brings a level of toughness that, that every championship team needs. Um, it's just that piece that, that everybody needs to have, and she brings it. And she was consistent with it, I think, all year. And I would say that she even elevated it. Kind of midway through that, that Phoenix series, she took it to a whole other level um, in game four and five. And then that, that carried over into um, these last three games, and, and she's a large part of this, uh, why, why they won the championship. Yeah, I mean, she played lights out. She played dominant. She, I, all right, she scored 15 points in game three, but I got to give uh, an abundance of points for some of those offensive rebounds she got. She had five, sorry, excuse me, four offensive rebounds. And they, every time they came at such a perfect moment to just slit the throat of Washington. Um, talk to me, Pat. Throw out a player from Seattle you feel didn't get enough attention uh, in this championship uh, run. Sammy Whitcomb. Oh, yeah. okay, of so, course. I forgot, I forgot you're all about her hype train. <laughs> well, I mean, look what she did in Game 5 for against Phoenix. I mean, she was one of the sparks that got that game turned around in the fourth quarter, and that which led to the Sue Bird you know, takeover there in the final quarter in that series. And it carried over this series. I mean, she just came off the bench. She just gave them good minutes. She became, you know – just gave him a lot of energy and stuff. And I just like the way she plays. She plays hard and just having her come in, be like a spark on both ends of the floor and just being able to play good defense, you know, be able to pass distribute. Like she was able to just bring a lot of energy off the bench. You need that from your bench players to keep that momentum going when your starters come out and to have that, I think was really important. So I really liked the intangibles she brought and you could see it on the court. She's the, she's kind of the spirit of the team. She's talking to the players. She's doing cheer. She's, she was really keeping everyone loose and you need that when the stakes are at the highest. You need people who are really serious, but you also need people who are loose and are cool and keep everyone like level headed and not let the moment get the best of them. And I think she did that really well. Yeah, I agree. And also, I mean, like I, I liked her, her basket celebrations. I'm a big fan of, of <laughs> dancing. Yeah. So, so I, I was down with that. Something else, somebody I want to point out is Jordan Canada. I mean, the rookie looked so poised and, I don't know who spoke to her. Didn't have a chance to, to ask Dan this, but like essentially my, my takeaway from her is just she knows how to play her role and how to focus in on her positive qualities and how they can benefit this team and really focus on doing those and not trying to do too much. Um, 
and you know fitting squares inside of square holes and circles and inside of circle holes really worked for this team to get them to a point where where they could just be so dominant throughout this whole league. Rachel, final thoughts on this Seattle uh, the Seattle well, something on Canada. Run. I mean, let, let's just look at a player like her who who is a fierce competitor. Um, she averaged, you know, just over 16 minutes a game this year. But but what valuable experience for her to not only just play under Sue Bird, but to see Sue Bird in this light this year and the run that they've made and to go on and win a title or a championship. Um, I'm already in college basketball mode. But to go on and win, <laughs> win a championship like that, I mean, that's – that's that's incredible. We're going to see some really really positive things from Jordan Canada moving forward, and, and um, whether it's in this next year or or the following year, I think her minutes are going to continue to increase. We're going to see moments, you know, where offensively she's continuing to step up her game, um, being a little bit more efficient from the three point line. Um, I, I'm just I'm really excited about the career of Jordan Canada. But my final thoughts on Seattle. I mean. They've been impressive since day one, and they finished as impressive as <laughs> we thought they were all season. I mean, Brianna Stewart is um, the best player in the league. Sue Bird is, is the greatest leader in the league, and um, they showed it. They showed it. They deserve this championship, and I would not be surprised if they repeat in 2019. Wow. You heard it here. <laughs> Rachel making the prediction, and, and I don't think it's that bold. Um, it, it's an interesting take that we're gonna have, that, have another episode for. But uh, my man, Patty Ralph, <laughs> talk to me, talk to me. La- final thoughts on uh, on Seattle. Uh, man. Final thoughts on Seattle. Well, Rachel said it well. I mean, this team, they were the best and the most consistent from start to finish. Um, they didn't really have any, you know, struggles or any downs, you know, any, you know, bad spots during the season. Um, I tweeted this like, and I said this last year and I'm guilty of it. Like I was not a fan of the Dan Hughes hire. Um, I just didn't think that I just thought he was a retread. I'm like, why are they bringing someone in? It's kind of, we know what, we know what he was about, but I was wrong and I'll be the first man. I was wrong. And he did a great job with this team. He unleashed what they've done defensively. He gets credit for that. Like we knew, we knew they had the talent. We knew they had the offense, but what he was able to do with this team defensively is what's so impressive. And I remember, we had that podcast. You remember, Ari, that night after the first night of the regular season, uh, after opening day, mm-hmm. and I said, I said, shouldn't the storm be better? And it's like almost like they heard it or something. But, but I mean, this is a team that, like Rachel said, with the, with the style they play at and with the fact that this team outside of Sue Bird is really young and in their prime and they have people who are like – and players that are, you know, you said – Stewie is only 24 years old. That's insane. She just turned 24 like last month. Like that's insane. And she's already one of the probably five best players in the game, if not the best, depending on who you talk to. And they have Jordan Cannon and they have Jewel Lloyd. I mean, they have a trio there who they're going to build around. Natasha Howard too. Like there's a four of them right there who they're going to build around for a long time to come. And with the style they play at and the way the game is going, they are – they are like, as I said, again, I compare them to the Warriors where this is what the Warriors are doing when they broke out on the scene about four years ago. And then everyone's trying to play more like them where they shoot a lot of threes and run and gun and doing that style play. This is the way the WNBA is going now. It's moving away from the half court to the full court and in transition. And Seattle's leading the way with that transformation and that style, the evolution of the game. 
and they could be around for a long time to come. And I think, I think they could easily repeat next year. I would not be surprised if they did, but we'll, let's see. You never know. We'll, we haven't had a repeat champion in since uh, it's been a long time since we had, we have to go back and double check when the last back-to-back champions were. might be the comments as crazy as that is. So it's been a long time. It's really hard to do. So we'll see. No, nah, no. Nah. I mean, look, if, if you're down with the conspiracy theories, Lynx always win every other year. <laughs> right, right. Lynx are the favorites. And, <laughs> well, no, then don't, don't forget the uh, the Lauren Jackson, Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, uh, Jewel Lloyd conspiracy theory. Oh, yes. Um, flip their initials. Come on. I'm, I, you know you know me, Pat. You're I'm all about the conspiracy, conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. Nancy Lieberman's still playing in the <laughs> Um, she probably could. She probably well, could, honestly. <laughs> As I, I do want to, I do want to give some some hints to to what we're we're thinking, what we're planning. We're gonna have some really cool episodes coming forward. And as I tweeted out earlier, and I'm sure uh, the two of you will reinforce, WNBA players don't take a season off for the most part because they they gotta play year round. And to me, that means that there should be coverage year round, at least somewhat or some style of coverage if they're playing overseas that means you know that's somewhat in my mind a training camp of sorts for these players and we can start looking at that and go you know what this player is having an amazing season over off uh, overseas and translate that forward to their WNBA career so I'm excited to cover that I'm also excited for us to to dive deep into into different teams um, I know we have a special coming out that we did with uh, Brady Klopfer who covered LA this year and we have some other cool, exciting stuff we're gonna we're gonna drop on you folks. But I do want to thank uh, Pat and Rachel, my my lovely co-hosts, for an amazing regular season and playoffs uh, of the uh, WNBA 2018. So uh, thank you, Pat, and thank you, Rachel. Thank you guys, it's been so much fun. I can't wait for everything else we have in store. Yeah, it's been awesome, guys. Thank you, and just you know, like Ari said, like we are, we will be doing stuff during the off season. You know, we will be watching what's going on overseas. You know, we'll, we're going to keep an eye on the college game too. We want to look at it from a WNBA perspective of who will be you'll be seeing in April's draft. And we're going to, you know, I know I'm personally excited to do a little bit of scouting, you know, and kind of look at who might fit well with what teams. And then hopefully we can, you know, we'll have some maybe, you know, we get to the spring, some mock drafts maybe and give you guys an idea as to where we think players would fit and stuff um, and just kind of do that. And we're just, we'll, we'll look at what teams can do to improve in the offseason. Um, I think we're going to see some really interesting stuff this offseason. I don't think you're going to see teams standing pat. I think you're going to see them making moves. I think you will see some – I think you may see some splashes. You never know. So um, I think to keep your eyes open there. And, you know, this league deserves that coverage, and we want to do that. And, you know, we're going to obviously we'll, – it'll be a little bit quieter now. We'll have some more busier times, obviously, when free agency kicks off in February and the draft and this, and then when training camp opens, obviously – when we kind of flip the calendar 2019, things will get a little bit busier in the off season, but we're going to be committed to this and we're here and we want to give it the coverage it deserves. Yeah. And you know, so college ball pertaining to the W overseas ball pertaining to the W CBA, that's uh-huh. going to be a big one. Yeah. Uh, off season movement. Um, something you touched on. I, I expect a little bit more movement than we're used to in the WNBA world this season, only because so many teams are so close and can kind of, you know, taste the other team. And, and when you're that close, I think it kind of entices you to maybe make a little bit more bold moves instead of being like, oh, yeah, we're we're three years away anyways. I mean, I feel like a lot of teams are able to look at other teams and say, you know, 
you're right there, so I'm right there also, and make moves from there. I do want to thank all the fans for listening. This has been the last episode for the 2018 season. I'm Aria Schwartz, along with Rachel Galligan and Pat Ralph, the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, different topics important to the W, and we ain't done.